Hi everyone, Dr. B here. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. Today we're going to talk about the oral systemic connection. This is a big topic in functional dentistry. It's important. I would argue that it is one of the core principles of functional dentistry. You know, it's the thing we always say on ATD. It's, you know, what happens in the mouth happens in the body. Big statement. I realize that, but we have lots of data that supports that. A lot of studies. We've known this for quite a while, but now we have studies that show how it works. What is the mechanism? How does a bacterial infection in the mouth, for example, or even just the mere presence of a certain type of bacterium. And if it becomes, if it goes from being commensal to pathogenic, that's that would be a dysbiosis of the oral microbiome, essentially. Something goes wrong. Maybe you're using too much mouthwash with alcohol in it. Maybe your pH in the mouth has dropped drastically, especially at night by mouth breathing. I mean, there are many things that you wouldn't occur to you that, that could cause this. Obviously, if you are eating a lot of junk food, processed foods, not brushing, not flossing, your biofilm management skills are not up to snuff, then that's the more obvious reason why that would happen. But in any case, if there's this dysbiosis where the bacteria in your mouth, like in the gut, if they get rearranged in terms of how they're populated, the ratios of certain bacteria to others, then things start going awry, like cavities and gum disease. But it's more than that. And again, because it's this oral systemic connection In other words, oral would be everything that happens in the mouth. Systemic is everything that happens in the rest of the body. Although I would argue that systemic includes oral, but let's let's not get into semantics. Essentially, this oral systemic connection, a infection in the mouth, due to the reasons I just mentioned, would lead to a systemic disease. And I'm talking about chronic diseases like Alzheimer's, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, even cancer. We're not talking about little infections of the skin or organs, or we're talking about, for example, cardiovascular disease. So it's the connection is very important to discuss. It's very important that your dentist is aware of it and is discussing it with you. And that's where today's episode comes into play. There is an important bit of information that needs to be communicated between your physician and your dentist. And that's why I created the the physician's CRP letter. I'll explain to you more about what that is, but I'm so glad to be able to talk about it because someone actually read about it and is wondering about what to do with that letter. And it's a great question. We probably haven't explained it well enough on our website. And that's, it's a perfect, perfect segue into discussing the oral stomach condition and about this letter and how, if used properly, it can really aid your overall healthcare team do a better job, your physician, your dentist. Again, collaboration between the two is important. I'm going to talk a little bit about what happened there, why dentists and physicians historically don't collaborate and where this schism occurred or when it occurred and why it occurred and why it could be harming you in terms of not just oral health, but overall health. Okay, here's the question. 
Hi, my name is Jessica. I love your podcast and content on Instagram and the web. I came across your CRP letter on one of your blog posts and was curious if this is something I should have filled out by my dentist so that my physician has this information. I'm 26 years old and I'm generally in good health and get good reports when seeing my dentist. I do have some issues that I'm dealing with with my joints and intestinally. So I'm considering all options when it comes to my health. Thank you for your reply. Thank you. Wonderful question, Jessica. Thanks for asking it. And yes, even though you're relatively healthy, you ask a great question. Should you want your physician and dentist to communicate, especially about inflammation in the body? And the answer is yes. But let me give you a more detailed answer on why. And by doing so, I'm going to have to back up a little bit and give everyone some background. So what exactly is the, let me start with this, the oral systemic connection. What exactly is that? Let me give you the big picture on that and a justification for it, because it is this important connection between the mouth and the body. And the inflammation, in a nutshell, inflammation in the mouth is a big contributor to inflammation in the body. And we all know that inflammatory diseases are really the are, are, are demise, I mean, and especially in quality of life, health span, lifespan. So what is the oral systemic connection? Oral, of course, being mouth systemic, meaning the rest of the body. And, and again, I, I kind of talked about this earlier. It's sad that we have to have this discussion in such terms and separating the mouth from the body. The mouth is not separate from the body. It's one and the same, and it should all be under the same umbrella. But unfortunately, there is this schism between medicine and dentistry. Oh, and the reason the reason there is this schism, I, I said I would mention that, talk about it, is that back in, I think, 1840s, maybe, I think it was 1839, dentistry got kicked out of the club. We were considered to be a profession that was really not that evidence-based. I think a lot of that stems from that a lot of what we do is very hard tissue orientated. We were filling teeth and we were kind of looked at as carpenters, tooth carpenters is a term that's used often and that it really wasn't a medical profession. It wasn't oral medicine that we were practicing. And and there were other disagreements. Of course, a lot of it was politics and, you know, it, there's a great read out there called Teeth by Otto, uh, for Mary Otto, I think her name is. And, and I would recommend reading that book just on a history of dentistry and, and what's wrong with dentistry today in the U.S. and the politics of it. It's a good read. I'll put the title of the book in the, in the show notes. Uh, it's worth reading. So, but anyway, so we got kicked out and there's some interesting stories in there that some of the physicians that were responsible for that still had toothaches and had their dentists and would go see their dentists and a lot of ironies. But the point is, is that because of that division way back when, oral medicine and systemic medicine have been on, you could say, parallel paths, but there's really been any crossover research and talk and, and communication. And because patients really have both parts of this kind of parallel universe and, and the two are connected and interact with each other and one will cause issues with the other. And then really they've been suffering because the physician may not be aware of any dental disease and vice versa. And this, I think, has caused a lot of harm in our country. I think it's caused a lot of increase in expenses in our country as well. Medicare 
And I, and I think it's misled a lot of healthcare providers to the point where, you know, we're, we're all kind of going down our own path and we're not aware of each other's involvement in overall health. So there is a study out there, Columbia, is it Columbia? It's Columbia College, 2005, 2006. And it was funded by a large insurance company. And, and don't let that throw you off. Those studies can be good because they have good, they have good resources, good data that they can draw from. I think it was about 150,000 participants. It was under the Aetna plan. And the good news is that these participants were well insured. They both had good dental and medical insurance. And so they looked at the, the participants and the ones that were getting good dental care were the ones that had less of a systemic inflammatory load. In other words, they were they were less sick in terms of chronic diseases. And then they came up with a calculation on what would the savings be if periodontal disease, which is an inflammatory inflammatory disease of the mouth, if that was treated, what would the savings be to overall to the overall cost of healthcare. And again, I like to pick on insurance companies, the third party that does intervene and I think cause issues in providing healthcare. But on the other hand, they are always trying to reduce the costs of healthcare. And, and so that has to be admired. They're also trying to reduce utilization, which is helps reduce costs, of course. And that's where things get a little murky. But anyway, so the study essentially said that there's a 28% savings in overall healthcare costs if gum disease is treated. That's amazing. 28%, not 5%, not just a little bit. And then if you do some calculations on healthcare dollars spent in the US, that would be essentially, I made these calculations, but that's a $7 billion a year savings in healthcare if gum disease, an inflammatory disease of the mouth is treated. 70% of us have some form of gum disease, bleeding gums, gingivitis to full-on periodontal disease. So it's not a uncommon disease. It's actually quite common and, and prevalent in, in our population, especially as we get older. So, so again, this oral systemic connection is important, even if you just look at the, the savings of it. And imagine Medicare having a dental plan, a com comprehensive dental plan. Most of my elderly patients, after they retire, stop seeing me on a regular basis because they, they don't have dental insurance. They're not working for their employer anymore. They have Medicare, but there is no real dental plan with Medicare. So, I mean, we should probably start there, but I don't want to get caught up in the politics of things right now. Anyway, so this oral systemic connection, what actually is it? Let's, let's define it so we can move on and explain why this CRP letter is so important. So oral microbes, the bacteria in the mouth, the imbalance of the oral microbiome is, which is a dysbiosis of the oral microbiome, is linked to diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, and much, much more. We know that. We have studies that support that. I'll talk a little bit about the mechanisms in a minute. Seven out of 10 inflammatory chronic diseases involve oral microbes or bacteria from the mouth. How do these bugs get into causing chronic diseases. I'm going to talk about that. Early mention of the oral microbiome connection in dental school, at least for me, was just that connection between bacteremias and bacterial endocarditis, pre-medding for that. There's a thing where a dental student is taught extremely well, I mean, we're head over the head with it, that we have to be aware that when a, even a healthy patient comes in for cleaning, that the bacteria in the mouth 
get into the body, into the bloodstream within 20 minutes and for about 20 or 30 minutes. It's called a bacteremia. And that was 40 years ago in dental school. So we've known about this. That's one of the mechanisms or one of the manifestations of oral oral care is that it can get into the blood supply and then seed the rest of the body with oral bacteria. So why are we just figuring all of this out now. I, I, I don't know. But again, I blame a lot of this to that division between dentistry and medicine in, in 1839. Okay, so what is gum disease? I'm not going to harp too much on that, but it's the foundation of how inflammation in the mouth is connected to inflammation in the body. It's a very, the mouth is very unique. It's a very unique part of the body. It's the opening to the alimentary tract, the digestive tract. We have inanimate objects in the mouth, the teeth, that's very unique. There's really no other place where a bony tissue sticks out of the body. Fingernails are not the same, same structure, same situation at all. And because of this uniqueness, there's a biofilm. The, that inanimate surface, the body tries to protect it, and we have a biofilm. We get calculus, we get buildup of, of, or calcification of this biofilm. That's what calculus or tartar is. We have these little pockets. A lot of you that see dentists know that we get those little readings in millimeters, six per tooth. And that is this little pocket or sulcus or moat. You can consider it a moat around each tooth. And that's a very unique area. That's where there's very little oxygen in the depth of that pocket. A lot of bacteria are unique at the bottom of the pocket as opposed to inside the mouth. And when this area, which we call the biological width, when this area goes wrong, again, it's a very complex area because this inanimate object pokes out through the jawbone and the gums. Again, we need our teeth. We need them for digestion and, and other things as well. This unique area, when it fails, which it does, often, again, 60-70% of us have some form of gum inflammation. That's the beginning or, or a manifestation of that failure of this girdle of bone and tissue around the tooth and the biofilm that protects this vulnerable area. When that fails, and essentially you get this immune response, it can be chronic. It's a cytokine version of inflammation. We've heard that term a lot lately because of COVID. It's, it's a, it's a form of inflammation that immediately is promoted or, or seeded out to the rest of the body. And it affects the blood supply, destruction of tissues anywhere in the body. And then this is where the systemic involvement becomes apparent. So again, unique part of the mouth, this biological width, this girdle or gasket. Gasket's a great way to look at it, of preventing bacteria from the mouth from getting into the body. But when there's inflammation, that fails. It becomes that leaky mouth, like the leaky gut. Anyway, so what are the mechanisms? I'll touch on them real quickly. There, there are three that we keep referring back to, infection, injury, and inflammation. Infection is the one that I mentioned earlier, bacteremia, very common. Anytime you go in for dental cleaning, you are going to, the bugs in the mouth will get into the bloodstream. If you're healthy, that's not a problem. And this, this is infection. Once in the bloodstream, these bacteria from the mouth can travel to virtually any other part of the body, any site in the body. Injury, a little bit more complicated. The bacteria in the blood often turn into something else like proteins or exotoxins, and those byproducts 
can actually injure tissue, even permanently. This is where you get uh, damage to heart muscle if the bacteria in the mouth are very virulent and if you already have some scar tissue in the heart, if you haven't pre-medded with an antibiotic. Again, we're seeing less and less of that because we're realizing that it's not as necessary as we once thought. That's called pre-medication before a dental visit. Inflammation, again, that term pops up. This is the third mechanism where bacteria get into the bloodstream, and these are bacteria that are foreign, perhaps, to the immune system, and the body responds to this invasion with a very vigorous immune response, causing overall systemic inflammation. This raises your body temperature, produces an inflammatory reaction. So if you have gum disease and these bacteria are constantly getting into the blood, supply into your blood and causing constant inflammation, then this is a way where inflammation in the mouth is basically, just for that one reason alone, is causing inflammation throughout the whole body. And your CRP, the C-reactive protein, which is a great marker, we've been using it for at least 20 years now, it's a great marker for inflammation, it's a blood test, that will be elevated. And there will be no signs of why that would be elevated in the body, except from that one source, and that would be inflammation. Well, physicians see the mouth as a little black box. They work around it. Dentists are working in the black box, which is their little, their vacuum, and they're practicing in a vacuum, and the two professions are not communicating and alerting each other about this potential for inflammation coming from the mouth, and, and hence the CRP letter. So, so let's talk about how that CRP letter works. Well, let me first talk about what are, what are the manifestations of the oral systemic connection. For example, periodontal disease is, was once a risk factor for Alzheimer's just a five, 10 years ago, but now it's actually potentially a cause for Alzheimer's. And this is a, bacteria in the mouth. It's called the P. gingivalis. And when that bug is, you know, when, when it becomes dominant and pathogenic, it can give off a, it produces this enzyme called gingipan. And this could be one of the main causes of Alzheimer's. This is according to a study, a study at UCSF recently, about two, three years ago. The researchers first compared brain tissue of patients with and without Alzheimer's disease. And they found that 90 96% of the partic of the patients had this gingipan enzyme in it. And we know that this enzyme, when it crosses the blood-brain barrier, again, it gets it goes from the mouth to the bloodstream and then to one of the organs in the body, the brain. It gets to several other organs as well, but in the brain it causes the amyloid plaque buildup. And and that that was a big a big discovery. I think that really highlighted the oral systemic connection in in a in a big big way. So that's one connection uh, between what happens in the mouth. And here are several others. And I wanted to highlight these because Jessica asked or mentioned in the last part of her question. She's in good health, but she mentioned I think some joint issues and some gut issues. So these are conditions. I'm just going to read a list off to you. Conditions that are caused or complicated by the oral systemic infection or by an oral infection like gum disease in the mouth. So IBS, that's a very, very common connection there. Breast cancer, prostate cancer, diabetes, big interplay between the two, a back and forth between the mouth and, and the, and the body. Weight gain, Alzheimer's, I mentioned that with the gingipan and dementia, cancer, other forms of cancer other than breast cancer, cardiovascular disease, big connections there, including stroke, heart disease, 
heart attack, infective endocarditis. Again, that kind of relates to that thing that dental students get taught early on and, and thickening of the arteries, low birth weight and premature birth. Big, big, big connections there, even between just simple gingivitis and pregnancy complications. Bacterial pneumonia, a lot of hospitals are aware of this. They have a crew that comes around for their patients checking oral hygiene because a bacterial pneumonia is a very common side effect of just being in the hospital. So they are, they are cognizant of this oral stomach connection and trying to deal with that as a, as a hospital. Osteoporosis. And here, rheumatoid arthritis. Again, what Jessica mentioned. So there are things in the mouth that can be causing things that, for example, Jessica is concerned about. And if you're not aware, if your physician's not aware of that condition in the mouth, any form of inflammation, then, then you're not getting good care. You're not opt, you're, you're not optimizing your care in general. You got to get your, your dentist and your physician talking. So anyway, that's the oral systemic connection, just kind of a, a general overview. And now let's talk about the letter and how that can actually help you get better care and, and get your physician and your dentist talking to each other. So, so important. So what exactly is this letter? This is a download on our website, askthedentist.com. I will include a link to the letter. It's actually a blog post where you can download the letter, print it out, give it to your dentist, give it to your physician, make sure that they both are aware of the information that's filled out on the letter. And again, this is important, as I said before, because a major source of inflammation in the body is from the mouth. Gum disease, periodontitis or gum disease is an infection. And one of the things it does is it stimulates the liver to produce a C-reactive protein. It's just a protein that the liver makes and, and is in the bloodstream when it sees inflammation. And this is a marker for inflammation. And it's very simple to test for. It's an inexpensive test and any physician can prescribe that test. I really wish dentists were able to prescribe that for that test. Uh, I think that would be important. But anyway, this C-reactive protein, the marker of inflammation, which forms deposits on injured blood vessels, it's an important marker. A lot of cardiovascular surgeons or cardiac care physicians are looking at this. And I mean, I've actually had several conversations with some very well-known cardiologists that are were treating my patients. One comes to mind at Sequoia Hospital, a great hospital for cardiovascular care. And he literally called out of the blue and, and was shocked to know because I told the patient to go back. And I think the patient was going back for their third visit for surgery, a surgery where they modify they actually burn tissue in the AV node, the, the natural pacemaker of the heart, and things weren't working. There was a lot of inflammation. CRP levels were highlighted. And what the physician didn't know is that the patient also had gum disease. So anyway, so the the good cardiovascular surgeons are the ones that are aware of this. And so that that actually, that phone conversation 20, 20, yeah, 20 years ago was what prompted me to create this letter. So again, the mouth is a major source of inflammatory disease in the body. Given that, I wrote this letter and it basically is four pages long and it advises that everyone get a CRP baseline. So Jessica, I'm advising that you do. I don't care how young, how healthy you are. Get that CRP baseline. Know what your baseline is for this marker when you're healthy and keep checking it at regular intervals and also make sure that your dentist and physician are both in the know on this. So in the presence of oral inflammation, you can use 
CRP as a way of checking for efficacy in dental treatment. I mean, that's just as physicians do. Dentists, some periodontists will do this, and that's important. In other words, they'll, they'll, they'll treat your oral inflammation, and then they'll keep checking the CRP. That is a true way of knowing that you've gotten a hold of this disease. It's a very difficult disease to deal with, periodontal disease. And But also, this is a good way for your MD, your physician, to know if there is an oral contribution to systemic inflammation, because they're also treating your patient, but for things that are not involved with, with, the, with the mouth. There are some new tests. There's a neutrophil lymphocyte ratio number. That's also a good marker for inflammation. I'm not going get to get into that, but we probably will be updating the letter soon if we think that that is uh, something that is, is valuable in this communication of of inflammation to both physician and dentist. So anyway, so by printing out this letter and having your dentist fill it out, there are all sections on there on how at what stage of gum disease are you at? Are you at stage zero? In other words, there is no inflammation. We classify periodontal disease class one through five, and the dentist is quickly able to fill out this form. There's also another very interesting section on this letter, assessment of any root canals. Root canals can also contribute greatly to overall inflammation in the body. They can elevate your CRP. And I'm not saying root canals are bad. You should never get a root canal. I'm not one of those dentists or healthcare providers in general. There's a lot of hysteria out there about root canals, but root canals often can be done incorrectly or are often done on teeth that have microfractures in them. And even if the root canal is well done, that microfracture will eventually lead to the failure of that root canal. And even without symptoms, although typically there are symptoms if you know what to look for, and we have a blog post on that as well. I'll put that in the show notes as well. The root canal, when it fails, will definitely light you up in terms of inflammation. It'll start a fire in your body, and and that's not a good thing. So that's also on the form, and your dentist can assess that. That would be a good cone beam, three-dimensional x-ray. It would be lots of hands-on assessment of of the tooth if there is sensitivity, and if there is, get the tooth removed or retreated in some way, and that CRP level will go down. So this this is a, an easy thing to do. It doesn't cost you anything. I don't think your dentist or your physician will charge you any extra to read and 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 go over the information on this letter. And I think that especially if you have any joint issues any hardened disease, diabetes, for example, which is a chronic disease, one of the number one chronic diseases in the world right now, Alzheimer's in your family, any kind of chronic disease, you should be having this letter filled out and passed between your physician and dentist. And I would do that on a regular basis. So if you have a root canal, if you have gum disease, even if you don't, as we get older, we're more likely to get gum disease. We're more likely to need a root canal due to, you know, falling, accidental falling or all the sports that we do these days and, and even just wear and tear, bruxing, grinding your teeth and we're aging. We tend to live longer. So the teeth do wear down and may need root canals and the incidence of gum disease does go up as we get older. So definitely get your baseline on what your CRP levels are and get updates to this letter routinely. Remember, when you go see your dentist, they're checking for gum disease at least every year. The standard of care, I think, is yearly in the U.S. Some dentists check every six months. They take those pocket readings 
the letter takes just a few minutes to fill out. So make sure you get your letter filled out often. And this is a great way to optimize your health, to get your physician and dentist talking. It could be a specialist. It could be your periodontist and your cardiovascular surgeon, or it could merely be your general dentist and your primary care physician. Get this information on on that one master list of all the data points of your health. Put it in your file or online or in the cloud, whatever. It's important. It is so important to know to what degree inflammation, what the oral contribution is, is to overall inflammation. Again, remember, it's inflammation is is that I don't want to use the word meta disease. It's not a disease. It's a manifestation of disease. And inflammation is such an easy thing to catch now and to measure. And it's not effective. It's not useful if you do not consider one of the major contributors or causes of inflammation, and that is the mouth. Don't forget the mouth. Do not forget that there is an oral stomach connection. Well, I hope I answered your question, Jessica. I think I did. I went on a little a little bit on everything I felt I had to just to give you a foundation of why this is so important and why it's not being done. The schism between dentistry and medicine, I think that's slowly being fixed. And, and also the, the knowledge, the knowledge base, the studies and acting on this information. There's always that delay between the study and it being integrated into clinical care. But I think we're at a tipping point now in overall healthcare where the oral connection is being considered. And I just wish we would see it in, in insurance and in, I just wish we were seeing it being utilized to the point where we can save a lot of money in our healthcare system. That's become a real problem. And by considering oral health in this way, we can save our country a lot of money and we can make our system more efficient. So anyway, Jessica, yes, have that form filled out. I don't care how healthy anyone is. Find out what your baseline is and keep watching it through your lifetime. Again, great question because it allowed me to mention, or that was not just a mere mention, but uh, it allowed me to discuss the oral systemic connection, how that leads to inflammation and why inflammation is so important to look at, especially because the contribution from the oral source is is so ignored in 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 so many cases. So anyway, CRP letter, please download it, take a look at it. If you have any further suggestions for the letter, reach out to me. I would love to hear, especially if you're a practitioner, how that can be used. It's already in use. I've seen it. I get a lot of feedback because my name and phone number's on it. The letter also has some studies, some links to studies for the physician to better understand that oral systemic uh, connection in case there isn't that knowledge base there. So again, I'm all about education. I don't care who it is. It could be you, Jessica. It could be an Instagram, TikTok viewer, my patients, but also all other practitioners. Uh, We're all in this together and we should not be putting the mouth off into its own little area of expertise, its own profession. That's just practicing in a vacuum. It's practicing with blinders on. Anyway, thank you again and fill out that CRP letter. It's important. Okay, that brings us to the end of this episode. Jessica, thank you. Great question. Anyone else out there have a question? Please go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. My daughter and I and other writers, we've written a lot about the oral systemic connection, about how inflammation is a big contributor to overall inflammation, certainly many, many chronic diseases, 
oral bugs are everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing. And the sooner we you know embrace that, the quicker we are, uh, the quicker we're going to get to a better approach, a more comprehensive approach to healthcare in general. So go to our website, read about that, askthedentist.com. Also read about the oral microbiome. I didn't touch on that too much because the oral systemic connection took so much of the time to discuss. But again, the oral microbiome, if it's healthy, is a big contributor as well to overall health. Again, it feeds the gut microbiome. I didn't touch on any of that, but that's also important. We've got plenty of blog posts on that. In fact, I'm going to, I'm writing this down now. I'm going to include a URL, an interview with Cass Nelson Dooley, one of my friends, great colleague and researcher in the oral microbiome. She wrote a book on it. I would, as you read about the oral systemic connection, also make sure in, in the same vein that you are knowledgeable of about the oral microbiome. So that would be also a good thing to read. I'll include that. And again, you know, this, this may be overwhelming to you to hear a dentist talking about this, this connection and how oral health is so vital to optimal overall health. And if you're not getting this from your dentist or if you've asked and you're not getting a lot of detail or some pushback, then, then go find a functional dentist. We have a directory on our website. Go to askthedentist.com slash directory. And even though there's not one in your area, maybe you could do a tele-dentistry, tele-dental kind of call and still keep your dentist, especially if they're a good clinical dentist. Again, dentists, even if they're not functionally minded, are, 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 you need to have a good dentist. You'll always need to have dental care. And so a good clinician is always great to hang on to. But do get that functional approach. Learn more about this. And and again, as as the question, as today's question illustrated, you may have some overall health issues, some systemic health issues that you're dealing with, and you may not be aware that something in your mouth is contributing to that. So I hope I was able to hammer that point home for you. Just in closing, I just wish that medicine and dentistry had not divided back then. I do think that dental students, I don't know how practical this is, but I've spoken to a lot of people about it. I do wish that dental students and medical students would work together, would have the same education in the beginning. Right now, there are two separate systems completely. And I, I think that has harmed the healthcare system in general in this country. So anyway, so just, just so that you're aware, what happens in the mouth happens in the body. We've been saying that for a long time at AskTheDentist.com. I hope this episode convinced you that there is a connection, not only that there is a connection, but it is worth knowing about and it will help you with health span, lifespan, and your ability to to optimize your health. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being part of this podcast and part of askthedentist.com. I appreciate your eagerness to know and soak up this information. It keeps me motivated to give you more as I get it and as I read research studies. And I just want to filter all this information down to you so that we can all optimize our lives. Again, be safe and I will see you in the next episode. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, 
you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.